Well, this is a big day in the life of the church, and we just um, commissioned a new confirmation class, and it's by no accident we're doing that on the same day that we are recognizing and remembering our Lord's baptism there in the Jordan River um, in the company of John the Baptist. It's a important, it's a privilege and a responsibility of Leanne as a teacher, as the parents of the confirmands, and, and us as clergy, and you as a congregation. We have this great privilege and responsibility to lead up the next generation, to lead these confirmands in such a way that they understand the faith as well as they can. That they begin to wrestle with the great mystery of the divine. And that they accept and speak for themselves the belief and the faith and the promise that God is not done with humanity. That God continues to sustain and redeem all of creation. And we are part of this grand, sweeping story. Quite a responsibility we have before us. And with those three confirmands, I hope you will pray for them and be there for them as they have questions and to continue to wrestle and to understand what it means to be a Christian, to be a church member, to be a son and daughter in God's family. Powerful, powerful responsibility. And today we will remember our own baptisms. We may not remember the actual event. We may have been infants. We may have been very young when water was poured over our heads. Or maybe we were adults or teenagers when we were baptized and that water touched our heads. But there's more going on than just recalling, recollecting our baptism. We are reclaiming our position, our membership in God's family. Now when I was in college and in high school, and even today, I have a, a, a very dear friend, and she is a wonderful uh, artist. And um, when we were in college, she painted this rather large mural that would hang in her living room of her apartment. And we would come over, and I, the first time I saw this mural, it was, it, it had, it had, it was kind of a, um, it stretched the, the length of the wall, it was on a board or a canvas, and, and it was painted in such a way that there was a path, and it had these human-like figures that were on a path, and it was her path. And her group of friends, my group of friends, were together on this path, and, these, and we were represented by these human-like figures that were trotting along this path. And every now and then there would be a, um, a, an intersection where a new path would, would join in. And maybe that was a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend of one of our, one of our friends. And, and then another path would shoot off from the main path. And, and it would have like um, oil wells where one of our friends was married and, and moved to Texas. 
And all, all of this path just kind of tracked years of her journey. Our journey as a, friend, as, as a group of friends. There were um, symbolisms of, of marriages and symbolisms of, of, of breaking apart and symbolisms of, of substance abuse. And, and all of it was captured on this mural. And as I think about today, as I think about remembering my baptism and us together remembering our baptism, I have gone back to that mural to find my place along that path. My many places along that path where I broke apart or someone came in and intersected with me. The dangers and the risk and the threats and all the celebrations that were in that mural, that were marking time. That's what we're doing today. When we remember our baptism, it's not just about recalling what happened on that day. It's not just recollecting the water dripping from our heads. It's about reclaiming our membership in God's family. You know, we can, we can do this and understand a little more easily if we break this word down, this word remember, and, and just take the first part of the word re, and then hyphenate it and put member. We are remembering ourselves into God's family. We're just recognizing, reclaiming our membership, our position as a son and daughter with whom God is well pleased. That's, a, that's quite a privilege, quite a gift that God gives us. This being able to remember the touch of water and to know that something tangible is on us and touched us and it gives us a chance to to touch it again. To go back to that mural and see again where we were, where we are, and where we're going. That's the remembering. It's being in that story. To understand that we are part, we have a, a piece, we have a place in this grand story that is God's salvation story for humanity and for all of creation. We have a dear friend of ours, Leanne and I, we used to work with a, an associate minister in Dothan, Alabama. She was one of our fellow clergy, and, and she still, is still there. Her name was uh, Reverend Lynn Nesbitt, and she loved, loved, and continues to love teaching confirmation classes, and she is really good at it. And one of the things that she would do every year in every class would hear this story, as, as the class would move through the history of the church, the history of God's people, they would come to the story of the Exodus. And she would tell them this little bit of information. And it struck me the first time I've heard it, and I've never forgotten it. And it's an important story for us today. We know the story of the Exodus. You know, God's people, they were, they were in prison. They were in bondage in Egypt under under the thumb and the boot of, of Pharaoh. 
And God calls upon Moses while he is um, tending to his father-in-law's sheep in the wilderness. And there is this bush aflame but not being consumed by the fire. And out of that bush comes the word of God. Calling Moses, calling Moses to go to Pharaoh. To go back to Egypt. To speak to Pharaoh and demand that Pharaoh release the Israelites. Finally, Moses relents and goes. And after a series of, of plagues, and then the final plague, when the firstborn was slain all over Egypt, Pharaoh relents and says, You Israelites, go. Take your belongings and leave. You can't leave soon enough. And so they gather up all that they have and they leave and they march out of Egypt and they enter the wilderness and there in front of them is this impassable barrier, a sea, the Red Sea. In the meantime, Pharaoh has once again changed his mind and sends his army out to defeat and to conquer and to obliterate the Israelites. So now in front of them is an impassable sea and behind them is a conquering army. They are literally in a rock and a hard place. And they don't know what to do and they panic and they, they are afraid and they, they, they complain and they tell, they tell Moses, why have you done this? Why have you let us out here? God calls upon Moses, or Moses calls upon God, and, Mo, and, and God returns and says, this is, this is in my hand. Step into the sea and you will walk across on dry ground. I have this. Just follow me. And the people walk across that sea with the waters backed up in walls. They walk across on dry ground. Now, Reverend Lynn Nesbitt would tell the people, would tell these confirmands that, that in in ancient times and with the Jewish tradition, the understanding, the understanding is that when the Israelites crossed over, when they made their way through that path, our, that is yours, yours and mine, our ankles got wet. It's part of our story. We're there with them. They're there with us. Because we're all part of the story of God's salvation. And as this story in Mark unfolds, we can begin to see how, how the writer of Mark is continuing in the story. He wants us to understand that the story goes back to the ancient prophets as, as he details how, how John the baptizer looked, dressed as he was with camel hair and a leather belt and eating locusts and honey, recalling the ancient prophets that were part of this grand sweeping story of God's salvation. In the Jordan River, where Israelites would pass over again on dry ground to the promised land. It's no mistake, it's no accident that Mark details who John is representing, where John is in the story, where the prophets are in the story. 
where the River Jordan is in the story, where liberation is, where the promised land is in the story. And it's no mistake and it's no accident that Mark lays out that the story does not end. That it continues beyond repentance, beyond forgiveness. It continues with the Holy Spirit to be a holy people, to be God's children, sons and daughters with whom God is well pleased. So maybe when Jesus kneels down in this Jordan River and is baptized and the water is falling off of his head onto his shoulders, maybe we can feel our heads getting wet and being a part of this story. Aligning ourselves with his life. Just to be part of God's family. By God's grace. By God's power and God's leading. And that's what we celebrate today. Is that we are part of this story. And we are remembering, that is we are finding our place again in God's story. When we remember our baptism... We're remembering not just that we were baptized, but Jesus was baptized. And God's people are baptized. In this long, grand, sweeping story that does not end. That's what we are remembering today. And just as Kristen said, as the Genesis passage points out, there is darkness and there is light. And we find light in God. The darkness and the light continues today. And we've chosen, and we're going to lead these confirmands to choose to live in the light. So as you consider your baptism today, or if you have yet to be baptized, if you look forward to your baptism, remember you're choosing, you're remembering your place to be in the light. To be a son and daughter that God will say, You are my son, you are my daughter, and with you I am well pleased. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.